Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review. It just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up for the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Tony Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, we are so happy to have you back down here in the basement yet again. And uh, we are still in the basement. We haven't relocated. We're still here in the nation's capital where shit is uh, happening, to say the least. Uh, it's a little bit crazy here. That's cool. That's cool. We'll be all be okay. Uh, got a great podcast for you this week Uh Two of my favorite things I think that we've we've done uh, recently for sure. Uh, Going to be talking to my friend Philip Bass. Now you've heard him on a bunch of podcasts. He's from the band Brook Royals. Uh, Going to be talking about Blood Orange's Negro Swan. Um, I have been hip to this band. I won't even say I'm hip back in the day. Freetown Sound was one of my favorite albums of that year of 2016. And it's one of my favorite albums of all time now. Uh, his performance was so good at the Lincoln Theater that I could not review it. I shot it, I started writing about it, couldn't do it. So that, that look, I'm a fanboy for this shit. I think so is Philip, but it's deserving because it is a great damn album. Um, so we're going to be talking about that, and that album's out today. And then uh, hang around after that because we're going to be talking to to, um, to the good people of Luna Honey. Luna Honey's a band out of Washington, D.C., and it's made up of uh, more uh, Levi, Madeline, and Ben, and they um, Ben runs Blake, the rest of them... Uh, just decided to get in a band, so they did, and they made this awesome album called Peace Will Grind You Down, and um, I'll tell you all about it in, in a few minutes, you know, after after we talk about Dev Hines and Blood Orange, but suffice to say, the album is great, they were great, and um, and it's just, a, it's just a great conversation, a very loose conversation about just being a creative, existing in 2018, and uh, and making great shit. That's what I got out of it. You can email me and see what you get out of it. But, but so that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing for this week. So if that's your jam, yeah, if it's cool if it's not, man. You know, we got 379 other episodes you can check out. But if this particular one is your jam, then strap in, grab a beverage, comfortable. Maybe sit next to your cat, your dog, like pet them on the head because they like that. They deserve that. They're very good boys. And um, and uh, let's kick things off by heading off to the interwebs, the the tubes. The transistors and the wires. Talk to my friend Philip Bassnight about Blood Orange's remarkable new album, Negro Swan. get started i gotta address your uh, mr philip bassnight from brook royals it got to address your video higher <laughs> and course. i think you know i think you know what i'm gonna say here yes please <laughs> um but um i you you do this thing you guys are known for your suits you, you guys are known for for your for your uh as the kids put it tasty jams i think but more more you know more you know you all you all uh are suited up and you were so committed to this this change that you i think you even mentioned it to me once like no no big changes and i was like oh shit what's going on there <laughs> and and i'm watching this video of higher this is like a week or so ago and um 
and I see you guys in flannel, I'm like, fuck yeah, man, they're yeah. doing it. They're, they're, they're cross genre. And then, not, the and then not even like a minute in, you guys are all walking <laughs> off the bridge. And I don't even know how it happened, but it, 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 it just like you, you all like sort of stretched and all of a sudden you're in your suits. Yep. And, and, and I, I, I fucking <laughs> la- I laughed for half an hour straight. <laughs> I was just like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. That was the desired effect. I bought um, snap off flannel for the specific <laughs> purpose of <laughs> being able to unveil the vests and tie that, combos. That is so like, uh, first of all, that, that's a baller pop move, right? <laughs> like, like you're, you're playing with characters, you're playing with like looks and stuff, but really it was just, it was just such a well executed joke. I, I need to, I need to give you like your proper uh, respect for that. I needed oh, the world you. to know about that. I'm sure they've seen it, but I mean, that, that was uh that was high comedy. That's one of the best. <laughs> that's one of the best bits I've I've seen in in years. I appreciate that. We're we're uh, a very lighthearted band. Sometimes yeah. music doesn't reflect that, so we gotta we gotta use our videos. Shout out to Scott Hansen who who directed that video and uh, put a drone in the air for that shot. He felt it yeah. was worthy of a drone. So. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, man. It's it's, it, yeah, it's it's uh, your, your your commitment to awesome uh, knows no boundaries apparently. <laughs> Um, but with that out of the way, we are here to talk about, uh, Blood Orange's, yeah, Blood Orange's Negro Swan. This is his fourth album. Uh, a little bit about this guy, uh, Devante or Dev Hines. Uh, started off back in the day in, in a band called, uh, Test Icicles. You guys put it together. It's like, but, uh, in 2011, uh, switched his name up to Lightspeed Champion. Uh, made two albums that were really well received then. And then, um, and then took on the identity of Blood Orange. And uh, Blood Orange started in also in 2011. Coastal Grooves, first one. Cupid Deluxe got a little more heat on it. Uh, specifically, I think Solange was really up on that one. Uh, it was 2016's Freetown Sound, where I think everybody took notice. That's sort of where I mm-hmm. I came on board. Uh, that particular uh, album was one of my favorite of that year. That show that I saw, uh, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit in respect to that and Negro Swan. Is one of the best shows I've seen in my life. He played at the Lincoln Theater here in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's uh, he, he's he's you wouldn't know it from this album, but he's a life affirming dude. <laughs> but 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 it is he, he's the the point is he's immensely talented. He's he's collaborated with people like Solange, Skepta, F.K. Twigs, even Carly Rae Jepsen was on that on this mm-hmm. one. ASAP Rocky, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Blondie was on on Freetown Sound. Um, on this new one. Uh, he he sort of if Freetown Sound was uh, I guess just sort of a celebration of self. This is more about um, the uh, how hard it can be to deal with, specifically in his case as a black uh, queer man. And um, a quote from his uh, his press release says, "My newest album is an exploration in my own and many types of black depression, and I honestly look at the corners of black existence and the ongoing anxieties of queer uh, slash people of color." Um, it's a different album. It is a, uh, it is a, it's not a downer. And again, we're, we're going to get into all that, but it is, it is, um, for my money, uh, spoiler right out of the gate, one of the best albums of 2018. I want to play a little track to get us into this now, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. But, uh, this was the first single, uh, off of it, and this is Charcoal Baby.
Baby off a of Negro Swan um, that has the line that I think defines the album. No one wants to be the odd one out at times. No one wants to be the Negro Swan. Can you break sometimes? And what I take away from that and uh, see where you're at uh, too is is that feeling different can be exhausting. Mm. Is that what you get? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I love this song. And mm-hmm. uh, I. Yeah, so one of the things I love most about this album is the skits and the the dialogue in between things. And that's yeah. not usually the case for me. I mean, sometimes, you know, there are, you know, albums like Ready to Die, like so, some iconic albums do it well, but um, I usually skip the dialogue. But there's one part in this album where uh, there's a female voice talking. And I'm not sure who it is, but she just says, uh, you know, which one will always huh? call us out for doing the most or, you know, and it's like, she, it's like, we want to be doing the most. Why would you want to do the least? And so it's like you, yeah. that wanting to be a unique individual and sort of championing that cause. And this, this song definitely speaks to the exhaustion of that, you know, yeah. but, but overall the, the work, the album is, is, um, is something that champions individuality and is sort of, um, you know, it looks at the it looks at the cost of individuality. I think. Yeah, that's true. And, and and it's a weird thing. So this is um, a lot of people have talked about this album, including him. Talked about this album. You know, you talk about people making albums for a specific audience. This is maybe for uh, a black audience, a, a LGBTQ audience. Um, and I I actually wouldn't argue against that. Uh, what I would say is that is that where he succeeds and where people uh, so often notion in many respects. Uh, succeed is that they they manage to encapsulate that very specific uh, type of uh, in this case malaise and but y- they do it in terms that you can still feel it because uh, you know in the case of being black in America or being gay in America there are physical consequences that say somebody like you or me a white dude you know don't have to face but that doesn't mean the feeling of fear of of, of feeling like different from other people we don't recognize that feeling and i think that i think that is mm-hmm. i think that's a lot of what he was trying to achieve on this um yeah i i know at one point he gave a lecture or a series of lectures maybe mm-hmm. even on on anxiety 
and what that looks like um, in the brain. Um, yeah, yeah. Saw some really cool videos that, that are out there online. And um, to me, he always, um, when I saw that, I, I just started thinking, you know, he's like the anxious yeah. prince <laughs> where like prince is so cool all the time, but like Dev seems to like let yeah. you win, let, you know, let that show. But then, you know, especially in his live shows, I mean, that cool comes off like tenfold. He's really like owning it and, and being himself and like, you know, like dancing and like playing crazy licks on the guitar and yeah, yeah. And, and owning and, it. And um, it's all across the stage. Kind of like you kind of get to see yeah, behind it. It's the all facade. it's everywhere. And it's yeah. like he'll he's just as, as likely to pick up a saxophone as a bass as you do an interpretive dance. I mean it I mean it, it is uh, yeah. it is as Janelle Monet said earlier this year, it's free as fuck. Um, and and it is one of the most freeing performances I've seen. And I think he he is one of those rare artists that um, that puts that into his music and it comes across. Uh, I like that you mentioned Prince here because um, there is when I walked out of that show and after hearing Freetown Sound and now after hearing this, um, I, I am like less upset that Prince is no longer on this plane because I think there's a vibe that he he tapped into is that uh, what. What Prince really, but he could write the, the pop hits, but what he really was about was not being afraid to get weird when he needed to, and also not being afraid to like mm -hmm. actually just nail the the idiom and the form when he needed to. And this is stuff that uh, Dev Hines plays a lot around with. He uh, he has a very uh, specific '80s aesthetic. I sort of call it the uh, the PG thirteen mm -hmm. movie credit synth. And um, <laughs> you know, and uh, yep. it's. It's it's not something that you would expect in this genre, especially with guests like you've got Puff Daddy on here. Uh, Tishi, uh, the, one of the women you were thinking about was uh, Janet Mock, and that's an important voice that we're going to talk about. She's a prominent oh, yeah. transgender rights activist, um, wrote the book Redefining Realness, and uh, just directed the, I think it's a TV series called Pose. Um, and uh, ASAP Rocky, uh, Georgia Ann Muldrow, she's... Uh, if you don't know her, she's a musician in LA. She's amazing. Um, as far as Janet Mott goes, you know, her experience was uh, to sum it up. What what I think the general like transgender experience is: you're rejected, and and you don't you're rejecting yourself. You don't know how to. You just know something's wrong, and then you eventually fix it. And and people, as we know, are not necessarily accepting of this in 2018, uh, certainly not as accepting as they should. And she triumphed and it's, it's a good contrast to like sort of the psychological issues that Dev seems to be dealing with as opposed to, uh, hers were actually just physical issues. And, and I think mm -hmm. that sort of gives an insight into the point of the record. There's, um, it's depression and anxiety, but there's a lot of hope. And it, and it is like, one of the points uh, I think that he's spoken about is that um, sometimes you just have to stick with it. You have to keep going. And and you don't often hear that from people who are in a depressed or anxious state because there's, there's often no way out. And if you're in a depressed, anxious state because of, like, the actual, like, state, you know, black men getting shot um, in the car, then, you know, th that's even harder to get out of. And there's, there's this track family on it, which is just mock speaking and, and a line that, um, this idea that you can choose your own family or destiny. Um, it's not just important to the LGBTQ community, uh, but I think it's for everyone like survivors of abuse, 
seriously dysfunctional families, seriously dysfunctional like relationships, friend group. Like it, it's not um, weirdly an obvious thing to people that you you can pick. You have to, pick, right? You have to make your life. You're a young guy. You you know this. Um, go ahead. Yeah, it's no, no. It's just um, being able to offer up both sides of yeah. the situation like that. The the anxiety, the depression, and also the the it's not a solution, but it's the way out. Um, is very um, it's like a yeah. holistic treatment. You know, like what we what we need to hear in 2018. We don't need to hear just one side of it. We need to hear both sides. You know, we, we should we should be able to. Or, you know, if we can wrestle with both of those ideas at the same time, that's that's yeah, it is. And I, th- I think that idea, though, that it's not even like it's not a solution because maybe there isn't a solution. Like you're always going to be faced mm-hmm. with both sides. Uh, that pulls at your art too. Yeah. Like depending, it's just what you say uh, with art. Like with a song, like once you put it on wax, that's it. So you better hope that there's something in there that isn't just you know you're stuck with the rest of your life. That's like vile. Um, I mean, unless that's unless you're Limp Bizkit, and then you know, then you that then you don't really care. Um, yeah, you did it for the nookie. Um, so. I want to I want to get into another track here. This has uh, Steve Lacey on it uh, because a lot of this album is, as you mentioned, interludes, uh, or it feels like interludes. There's mm. only Family is one, and Vulture Baby is one. The rest are full length songs. Yeah. You know, another part of that too is there's there's street yeah. sounds throughout the whole album, and I love that. It's like it's to me, it felt like, and I, I have very limited experience of this, but like if you're ever in New York in a recording studio, uh, like New York City, and you can like kind of mm. still hear the street, but you know, like it, I felt like I was in on yeah. on yeah. the session, you know, because you were getting a little bit of everything. It's probably what his world sounds yeah. like day to day. Um, but it's not the isolated out in the woods, right? Right. You know, cabin right, right. recording. It's like it's like a you know downtown vibe, and I loved that. Yeah, it, it really. It it, it places it, it in uh, our world, not not in some like yeah. magical realism. Uh, and you know, it's it's actually right. And and honestly, I think that was intentional. I think he was like, I have to. Um, there is part of this while he is speaking for himself. I think he's also understands, um, especially on like younger kids that. Kids at the show that we saw, um, I, I, it was like they were seeing the Beatles. He's such he is such a, a role model, um, just by being himself for these kids. And some of them were just mm-hmm. some, a lot of them were LGBTQ. A lot of them were just you know unpopular kids who needed. They were like they just want to be themselves, and this guy is showing them the way. Um, and instead of being some like wild, outrageous superstar that is untouchable. Uh, he he's like, hey, I'm in, I'm here in your world, and maybe your world sounds like this a little bit. Um, so there's a lot of that on this. There's a lot of the old jazz touches that were on Freetown Sound and his other records. Uh, I like this track. I think you like this track too because, uh, well, I like it because it really hints at that that Prince side of him that it's just pop, and it, and it's mm-hmm. remarkable. This is a little bit out of league.
I love this track. I love that beat so much. I love that cowbell. Uh, I love that bass, yeah. which he's known for. Sometimes you can hear that bass on other people's production, like Carly Rae Jepsen, and you even you'll just yeah. know right away that that's him. You know, and and he's just it's just so good. So it's like it's classically him, but it's also drawing on his influences yeah. really heavily. Um, like you said before, I, it's got Steve Lacey mm-hmm. uh, from the Internet, which is was great because when I got to this track, I had been thinking for most of the album that the only thing it reminded me of in 2018 was the new internet yeah. album hive mind um at, theirs is a little bit more upbeat um and a little bit you know maybe funkier or something like that but but uh there is this is sort of like the the down tempo yeah. companion yeah. to that and uh they're both great and and i just i love that they're working together that makes total sense to me um yeah and it's just such a great you know the way that he's got the vocals doubled and all that stuff, it just it, seems, it, it just all works. And it's a fun it's like towards the end of yeah. the album and it's and it's got a nice little energy that picks up. Well it's it's up weird. And the way the album is structured is a lot of the more uh, esoteric stuff, uh, Saint was another song, Take Your Time. Uh it is um is packed at the front of the album. And as you move closer to the um at, toward the end of the album you have lines like I'm pretty as fuck. You know, um, and and it is it, it is a movement through uh, starting off with Orlando of a very um, questioning about what's going on to the end. Like, I I don't think there's resolution as to as it's not question anymore, but I, but I think the character, if you will, of the album finds some sort of way to deal with it. And like that that line is from Smoke, uh, you know, where it's just like and it's one of the first lines of the song, and it's just like the the last song on the album. And the guy's back out in the street, and he's just like, "I'm pretty as fuck." What, you know? And that that yeah. that is just pure like confidence. Um, and it's uh, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> I mean, I actually laughed when I heard it because I'm like, "All right, buddy, you made it. You <laughs> fucking made it." Yeah. Um, yeah. For an album that starts off with a song yeah. called Orlando, which I don't know if it's it, I assume it's a yeah, it reference is. to it the is. shooting that happened there. And, and, um, you know, so it yep. starts on a dark tone. I mean, it's a great song too, but it, you know, to find that confidence, that groove by the end of the album, it is yeah. affirming, yeah. you know? Um, you know, w- w- you're talking about some of the people in the album. There, there are some, um, two things I want to get to. Uh, there, there are some interesting guests on here. Uh, we mentioned Puff Daddy and Hope. Yeah. Now Hope is, is itself a good song, but. Um, I, I said this yeah. is one of the great missteps of 2018, and I think it tends to happen. <laughs> but uh, I don't have the lines in front of me, but it's basically like Puff Daddy, like wondering like what it's like to be accepted, and what it's like. This <laughs> is like, dude, you picked the wrong guy for that. <laughs> like <laughs> that right. is landing. I, I, and I don't, and maybe I'll, I'll figure out what that's supposed to be. Um, but but right now I'm just yeah. like, no, <laughs> that's no good. Um, yep. Yeah. But he also does this neat thing um, that I'm glad you picked up on. Uh, Frank Ocean's Blonde was an album that I was not a huge fan of uh, after the first listen. The first listen was was ecstatic. That was it was uh, you know it would have like dropped at midnight or something, and it, it was wild. It was it was a releasing, and 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 so it really that depended on experientially how you were going to take the rest of the album. A further listen found it a little more. Uh, lightweight, but I went back this week after listening to this, and uh, and have been returning to it recently a little bit more, and I th- it th- I think they're talking about very different things, but the way they're doing it is very similar. There's a lot of space in there, uh, in in Frank Ocean's 
okay, so there's a lot of filler in there, but the even the filler is like gorgeous. And it and it mm-hmm. sets up this like this mood that you're I think just a little more receptive to receiving uh, a message that either of them are going to give you. You've- yeah, I I get you know, Blonde has that, um, some of the songs are really short, some of them change up drastically halfway through, and you do get a fair amount of that with this album. Um, Blonde is more episodic, it seems to be highly yeah. autobiographical. Uh, this ha- it's, this mm-hmm. sets scenes, you know, and that's where I was glad that they, after, my initial impression was that he was maybe trying to replicate blonde right, or, right. or you know go in that vein but then i really you know after you spend some time with the lyrics the similarity to me uh is that you do get some pretty drastic switches mm-hmm. at un- unexpected places like jewelry is almost it's like a four and a half minute song and you know there's some interesting dynamic shifts with some yeah. heavy synths that come in and then it gets a little bit stripped back um, but it, it feels more like a radio yeah, station, you yeah. know, like it's just like playing the hits, you know, well, like because a good like Sunday be, uh, rail, radio, radio station, station. stuff that I, I don't know if you think of this as an interlude, but if you think of like chewing gum, which, which sort of represents the, uh, just the more trap influence stuff, the, the basic rap in the lyrics, mm. not the music, uh, the lyrics are something like, right. uh, just essentially she likes to ride the dick or something, uh, which is not right. Yeah. yeah. I liked ASAP Rocky's just. <laughs> Totally, not really. Right, right. Read, read the, the room, the dude. <laughs> like, but, but, but right, I think, exactly. but I think that was important, <laughs> and I think that was intentional because that's part of, uh, at least in this case, Dev Hines' like black experience, right? And and you know, mm. it's, it's not like uh, you can be in some community and just not hear this music. I mean, it's everywhere. So, so yeah, and yeah. And he's a producer absolutely, that's worked with absolutely. all these people now. So right. he's part of that community. He's right. part right. of and that, he's certainly that not world. shunning. He's not saying like, "Hey, I'm this sensitive dude, and this stuff is evil." He's saying, "No, no, man, this is part of this is part of the fabric." And you got to figure out if it's it. But the very mm-hmm. next song, "Holy Will," is essentially um, yeah. some uh, protagonist like praying to God that he isn't different. Like, and it, it, it's such a weird. Um, like contrast there and it is like i think the low point for the overarching like protagonist of of this album if there is one where they just like give up and the only thing they can do is pray and and hope that somebody makes them not different anymore but then it picks right up mm-hmm. with the uh, dagon dream and that and it runs into the back half of the album and ends with you know i'm pretty as fuck so i mean he got his answer you know <laughs> He, he, he yeah, got his answer. It's true. Um, but but yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think on the whole, this is this is a masterful record. I I think it takes. Um, we're only doing a quick review of it because I think there's a lot to discover in that, and then it's part of the joy that I've had this week with it is getting into discovery. But it's also going to take. It's just going to take a long time to unpack a lot of this, right? And mm-hmm. I think so. I I was walking mm-hmm. around DC. I was walking home from Songbird oh, yeah. last night, and uh, and I had it on, and and. Like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of street sounds in it, and that was sort of the music was blending in with what was actually happening to me, and it was just making it a really yeah. rich walk, and it was like really kind of life was kind of popping, yeah. you know, it was it was happening in full color, and it was um, so yeah. There's I think there's gonna be a lot to chew on with this album, and you know, as it 
seeps into everyday life and, and stuff. And I think the music's yeah. definitely going to resonate. Negro Swan is available everywhere right now. It is available digitally. There is apparently some super deluxe vinyl thing that I'm going to be getting. Uh, but the vinyl isn't out until October. That's fine. That's fine, guys. Yeah, you can listen to it until then. And then and you can rediscover the album a month later. Actually, you know, I, I, I think this is due to like the backups at the vinyl plants. But I, I think I, I kind of like that because then I can I, I get a taste of it. I listen to it. It's sort of like actually experiencing music like we do. We get advances and stuff, so we might have an album for three or four months before something. And uh, but we have a digital download, and we listen to it. And we're like, we really want to hear the real shit. And then uh, when we do, it just reinvigorates—at least for me. I think I can speak for the rest of the crew. It reinvigorates our love uh, for a piece of music that we already loved, and so that's going to happen in October with that. Uh, so go out and get that. Thanks again to Philip. Right now, um. We hadn't had a uh, crew this big in the basement in quite a while after the the second flood, the flood of 2018. Uh, but it was great to have them. I um, like I mentioned up front, saw the show, was blown away. Um, our friends, uh, our friend Paul Vodra, a mutual friend, uh, Paul Vodra, who runs Hometown Sounds, uh, he met these guys before I did, and, and the only thing he said is, "These are the nicest dudes <laughs> in my life," and they are. They are fantastic, and they are. Um, uh, they are genuine, and they are making great fucking music right here in the nation's capital. And uh, so figured it would be good to have them over and talk, so that's what we did. Uh, so if you guys are ready, if, and, and much like much like the Blood Orange, if you haven't heard Peace Will Grind You Down, it is out there now. It is out on the streaming services. You can buy it on Bandcamp. You can also stream it on Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Go do that. And so you know what the hell like we're even talking about. And then uh, come back. And enjoy, uh, honestly, this is one of my favorite conversations we've had down here, certainly in 2018. Uh, this is just, this is just a joy. It made my week, and, uh, I hope they had a good time too. But, uh, let's head on down to the basement right now, kids, and talk to Luna Honey. Yeah. And then somebody stole pedals. Yeah. Yeah. Like really. That was rare, really fucked expensive up. Expensive pedals. So from Kid Claws. Kid Claws. Yeah. Uh, they were found. Oh. They were. Oh, that's yes. so good to know. I yes. didn't get that update. So let. So so what? it was kind of. But they were. So found. walk me good. through this. So they, cool. so they stole them, but they were found. But was the person who stole them found, or were they just like? Mm, not pe- that I pedal know in of. an alley. Not that I know of. Was it in a pawn shop? Was it at a okay, yeah, online? Yeah, yeah. Online. Okay. They're, they're incredibly so they were trying rare to... custom pedals, so they yeah, I sold would the pedal, be easy yeah. to find if yeah. um, if they were sold. Like it would be pretty obvious. Huh. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. Um, 
But anyways, Ben's done this. Uh, it's basically we talk about whatever the fuck you want. We're probably going to talk about your band, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, I can I can start off with, you know, guys, just why so gloomy? <laughs> we're, we're living in the brightest timeline. And, and like, it should be all like unicorns and rainbows. And then you guys come along and... We, we uh, fucked up every Yeah. And this, is some, this is some dark ass shit. Like, this is... Um, Peace Will Grind You Down is the name of the album. And it is... Uh, on, on vinyl, it's dark. But when you get in front of you guys, it's just sort of like, I don't feel good about the world. But, but, no, no. But in, but in a very best That's way, awesome. like a swan's way. It's like you, yeah. You're getting like demolished and all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is over. I don't, I don't want to do that again. Well, um, we're originally going to call it the album We're Here to Make You Smile. <laughs> um, nice. But I think it was, I think Levi vetoed it. Yeah, right? yeah, because I because I really hate smiling. Yeah, See, never smile. I can so tell smile. right now. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. Like, uh, actually, Paul Bodra, you guys know him, right? Yeah. yeah. He he said he met you guys, and he was like, oh, "The Luna Honey guys are the nicest people of all time." <laughs> all sad bands are. All yeah. sad bands are. Um, no, but you guys, Ben, you've been doing this with Blight for a while, I yeah. think. Maura and Levi, this is your first band, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, and, think, yeah. and, and yours, Madeline? And my first band, yes. Holy fuck nuts. What, so, <laughs> so, so explain um, how you got here. You didn't, I mean, not here, because the red line's fucked up. So you didn't get here that way. But, <laughs> we but drove. Yeah. <laughs> like all old Washingtonian yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. No, it, it, some, you guys get into like how this got together because i know ben you've been in a million bands i've been in you enough are bands in a million that bands that nobody yeah. else needs to be in another band ever yeah you're you're on you're on blight the label you're on <laughs> but but, but so, so how long are we talking about a year six when months was the Nick Cave show? That's probably the oh first. that oh, was shit. <laughs> that was about i think that was about maybe a little less than a year no it was a little more than a year ago now yeah this all started with going to see nick cave and getting tattoos together yeah, yeah. okay uh, in Philly, which makes sense because that's where I'm from, so I guess there's some significance to that. Yeah. Well, we we met at an Ardo Lindsay show at Black Cat that mm. Brer uh-huh. was playing. That's where we like officially met. Um, but I don't know how long the two of you were kind of percolating songs and ideas. Yeah, we'd we'd kind of um, so we got we got married in October <laughs> a year and. Um, <laughs> Marriage is really tw- in October 2016. Yeah, 2016. yeah. yeah. and um, coming in with the safety box. You just got tested and you passed, motherfucker. I'm not sure I passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You did not. But um, and I don't know. We were just kind of going over, like you know, like what do we want to do with the rest of our lives and mm. stuff. And one of the goals that we both had had was that you know, we've both kind of played music a little bit, and I've sort of kicked around and informally writing songs, but not really finishing anything. And um, so we were like, you know what? This would be really like good to try to actually like the next year, like let's try to pull together an yeah. album and do that before, you know, before it becomes this like unattainable thing we never do. So. Had, 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 I mean, were you guys, I'm assuming musically inclined before it wasn't just like pick up a guitar and fucking go. I mean, I guess I've been it? I've been playing guitar since I was I've been playing guitar like poorly since mm-hmm. I was a teenager, okay. and I'm like singing somewhat, yeah. but nothing really like, you know, nothing more than just like mucking around in the bedroom by yourself right. or whatever. So, 
I mean, I didn't. I started playing bass like five years ago. Um, like I started playing bass like right, right after my mom passed. Okay. Like seriously, as like kind of a way to, kind of deal with that in a way. Yeah. Um. But I like I don't know. I had never um. Taken it that seriously. Kind of until we started playing music together. Mm-hmm. So like you kind of also opened that portal for me in a way because like yeah that was just that was just when it all started making sense and when i felt like i was able to actually write songs yeah was when i was doing it with mara so yeah and we'd had friends that would come over and we'd kind of like mess around in the basement right it wasn't really like you know a thing yeah, I, I get about thirty-five years of doing that. <laughs> well, I think I think what's fascinating is, is that like some people, um, do, I mean, like DC is a land of like type Type A personalities. Yeah. I'm not putting that on you guys, but like, uh, you can pick up an instrument and just be like, I'm happy, just doodly 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 do, and then do that. Or you're like, fuck it, I need to write a song, mm-hmm. and that that's way more focused because then that's a purpose. And I don't even know if that has anything to do with like what instrument you pick up. Like you picked up bass, but could have been anything. Could have been. It, could it, just to get like something out there, and um, but you guys didn't know Ben at that point, right? Not when we started working on. Like we knew we wanted to make music together before we met Ben. Yeah, and we have a lot of like mutual friends just from yeah, like shared, yeah. you know, how the scene in oh, DC yeah. works. Because oh, I've yeah. been going to. Yeah. I've been in DC since two thousand seven and going to shows and stuff. Okay. So I don't know. Been around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Madeline, so you just picked up sax, what, like a week ago, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, exactly. Um, No, I started playing um, saxophone when I was in fifth grade. Excellent. Yeah, age 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I started playing bass. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the right time. School band? (laughs) Yeah, school band. Marching or not? All the way. I did all oh, the yeah. like, school band things that a person could do that they would let me do. And, and when and, when, and uh, you guys knew her, I'm guessing. And so what, what were you doing that you're like, hey, oh. or, or, did, or not? Did Actually, not. no. Oh, my. So the fun part is how, how it all came together. So Mara and I like wrote, I would say, half of the songs. We had yeah, like some sketches. So some sketches. Sure. They're like musical sketches. And then we kind of came to Ben with these ideas because, well, I really like your production. Oh, thank you. Especially, <laughs> well, for me, it was especially on Masking. I was like that. I, I really like the way that album sounds. So, like, if we can, I feel like if we can make something that's, that at least sounds like, as, like it's produced as well, then we will have a good, like, then that's all I really wanted. Well, also, like, the reason but, I had brought up the Nick Cave show is because, like, we were all, like, waiting in line together. And I, I don't know. I was... We didn't really know each other. Yeah, we didn't really, like, getting yeah. to know each other. And, like, um, I I was talking about how, like, I, you know, I didn't really... I don't know. I don't really, like, at the time, didn't really, like, feel like a real musician or right, whatever right. and hadn't, like, finished anything. And Ben was just kind of like, hey, if if you've you've got to work... If, if you've got it, then you've got some responsibility to make art. Then yeah. Um, also, with you'll, ne- you've you'll got. never feel that way. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you will Change. never feel that way. But yeah. But that and, and that's that's something that I just recently learned and and just talking to people actually talking to you Ben last mm-hmm. time we talked and and that uh, and something I've been trying to parse like what's the fucking point of music? Mm-hmm. Um, 
something that I love about you guys is that it it is so visceral, whether it's live or whether it's on on record. That uh, I think like that's the point of music. And like I I don't know. Um, like my hopes are that like uh, you know we were just talking like you'll be touring through Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when when we're there, and look, not everybody gets a chance to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But the reason is because I think you know more often than not people think of this as like the the just focus on the economics of it instead of like what are we doing what are we saying and is it important and then you decide like how much energy you you put into that i think yeah 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 Yeah, i mean you know i think it's like you know the same spirit of punk rock and like everything which was originally came from just like we just need to do something yeah i don't even know what it's going to be necessarily but you have this kind of spark and you can either you can either talk about it and you can either be like, I have this idea or you can implement it. Mm -hmm. And you know how it all works. And in my experience is you go out there, you make something, you put it out, you finish it and you start performing it or, you know, releasing it into the world and then you get a reaction and then you feed off of that and then you grow from there. Yeah. So it's like kind of knowing that each thing is just part of the, it's like a little patchwork in the greater quilt of the narrative of, of, of your musical experience or your artistic yeah. experience and it all has a purpose yeah and the per well yeah the purpose is like communication in yeah. a way that's like as you said visceral or you know the way the fact that you were able to immediately the way you described our music mm. that you you got what, we, what we're basically getting at yeah. which is just that like there's a form of communication and a kinetic energy that the specifically i've noticed that the, when the four of us play together yeah, yeah yeah and it's like um and i know that when i'm in the middle of it it's like I kind of can lose myself. And, mm-hmm. and like the coolest thing I love since we do all of it, it's like a lot of it is like a lot of just low frequencies is when um, specifically when our instruments merge and you kind of don't know what is created. Yeah. It just creates this like malstorm. It's just like this. Yeah, like, it, I know that it, me and Maddie do this. It's thing a giant wall. Like, yeah. yeah this, like, <laughs> growl. But then sometimes yeah. it'll be like Maddie and, 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 and Levi will just like do these walls of just low end and like, it, what's just really cool about it is when you just kind of have no idea what's making what. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. like that's the embodiment of it. Like you, it's like ego death. It's like everything. It's just a bunch of people with a common thing. And and you know, in my experience, when I've seen stuff like that, and like Nick Cave is a great example. I think mm-hmm. when we when the three of us saw it, uh, we were just like being like, oh yeah, well that's just that's it. Like yeah, yeah. You well, know. that is it. I mean, that is yeah. it. <laughs> but, to be clear, I think the world no. agrees and has decided that that is in fact it. That is yeah. it. But it's also that's the case because he's been committed to it and he's been in yeah. the cave well, the whole that, yeah, time. Yeah, that's, that's actually a thing. And he's, yeah. his last record is like one of my favorite records he's ever made. You know, it, Skeleton it, is amazing. It's funny because I mean there's definitely lines from Nick Cave uh, I, I see now more that you guys brought him up. But but it is that and, and it's the same vibe of of like Nick Cave isn't for everybody, and mm-hmm. you can he, he's a he's a remarkable writer. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's written like screenplays, written like all this. He's written books and stuff, but but the music isn't for everybody all the time. And and I, and I wouldn't pretend to say you guys is either. But I yeah. but, but I mean, but I think that is the point is that you if you seek out that stuff. Like I had never been to Hole in the Sky. Mm. Oh really? I'd never been. I didn't even know that fucking existed. That place has been around forever. Too. I know it has. Yeah. Yes, I don't get out. That's one of the few like <laughs> old school DIY right. venues. That right. I feel like well, I'm glad that you got to go. Yeah. You left. Yeah, and it's fucking. It, it just yeah, just the vibe. Everything set up and with the band like 
and I've been to a lot of house shows, but that was just something like completely different that you guys plugged into and like just caught a vibe off of that. Cause it, it took the energy. It didn't, it, it, it was, it was like positive energy, but it took it like way down. <laughs> like you said, you get these walls of sound coming up from the stage. Well, I feel like in a weird way, that's like a, I think the first reaction, if you're unfamiliar with it is, is because it's like, it's especially because I, I'd like to think that what we do is a little bit is, fairly singular and unique to its own thing. Mm -hmm. Like, and if it's like kind of like, you know, dark or whatever, I think the, the superficial reaction is like, Oh, oh this is dark. These, you know, this is like depressing, etc. But like, the thing is it's, it's, it's bringing you to a place with no fear. If you yeah. go onto a journey and you sort of like examine fear and like a lot of the more dark aspects of, mm -hmm. of humanity, which I suppose we address musically yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you start it's 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 supposed to be empowering and it, it, it's you know as as again a quarter of the band it, to me it feels empowering and i no, think i think i think that's yeah. i think that's absolutely right and that's a great description of what yeah. you guys are doing because it is uh i i might not know like at any given time what's going on yeah but i can at least because like for people who haven't heard like it's essentially like you doing like synth and guitar stuff and you're on bass but like what you more are doing and madeline is so like uh, specific to this group but it's also like off kilter like when your sax fucking blows and cuts through something it's like holy fuck what just happened <laughs> like got the loose coming around Thank the corner you. yes and, and, and but it's not that but, oh the sea dog is back yeah oh, but, we, should, we should make that a song but 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 a lot of bands that are doing stuff like that they're really in. The, the, they have the song. They have a, a triple album called Cthulhu's coming around the corner. <laughs> but you guys aren't. Like you guys are just like you said, Ben, exploring that darkness, and and forcing people if they're at the show to sort of like explore it with you. Yeah, and you can't get out of the way. Like there's yeah. there's no getting out of the way. We had a, you, oh, sorry. Go ahead. We had a really crazy experience at the last show. Um, where it was uh, during during our song "Peace Will Grind You Down," and it was the only song that like. Because, you know, it starts off, like, a little bit quieter, more ethereal. And there were some people at the bar talking. And at one point, uh, Tony Kill actually told them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was amazing. But that did, the thing was, it didn't work. Like, that's not what, like... Yeah. And so what happens in the chorus of that song, which I think is actually probably what you were describing when you were talking about Maddie Sachs, mm -hmm. it's like, it keeps building. And then all of a sudden, just, like, the chorus comes. And then the sax just, like, the, basically the earth like opens up yeah. and it's the lowest frequency and then my yeah. organ is just like so it's like this thing and then like Mara is going like at full blast and you're somehow holding it the fuck down it's <laughs> <laughs> just being chill and yeah. after and so after the chorus it was fucking silent like everyone was just like <laughs> nobody what? knew what to do with it they were just and I was just like, <laughs> like that's it it was like that's the power of it because like I saw like I was just being like Tony was getting mad. I'm just being like I was like thinking to myself. I was like, you don't worry wait. about it. You like, just wait and see. Yeah. They'll, they'll shut up and, and it's just <laughs> like clockwork. It just like like they were like just quieted the room. Yeah, yeah. you can't do it anything after that. It was pretty amazing. I, I, think, I think another thing that, that I find fascinating about this album, uh, "Peace Will Grind You Down," is that um, I'm I'm not great with lyrics. And uh, and you guys aren't on genius, but oh yeah, we gotta do that, don't we? Yeah, no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you shouldn't do that because because uh, here's yeah. what, here's what it, it forces a listener to do: it forces them to keep listening to it mm. to figure out. I still like I, I probably 
20 times listen to this album Aww. i don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about <laughs> ah. but but uh, but i feel so I, like yeah. something so so what are you guys talking about <laughs> well um oh gosh well there's a lot of kind of different themes in the album um you know i think the main song peace will grind you down mm -hmm. uh came out of like a really bad day uh and just kind of you know i've done I've got like a labor background. I've done a fair amount yeah. of labor activism. And um, I, you know, was just thinking of like the different things that, that people do to kind of bring meaning and feel self-validation and stuff. And how I like a lot of them like either feel like empty or not accessible mm -hmm. to me. Um, you know, I used to be when I was little, I was very religious. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really anymore. Um, and I've kind of personally discovered that the like hardcore, I mean, I work at a labor union and I care about the issues and stuff, but like the, those folks that are like really, really dedicated to like, and really out there in the trenches every day, it's like kind of a lifestyle that like I personally just like can't do. It's like yeah. too, it's too, it wears like on me too much. Like it, it it's doesn't, intense. yeah. And so I, I admire that, but like, it's not something that like for me is like, really attainable and then um so it's kind of like that was a like kind of that combined with like mulling over just like you know we hadn't put the album out yet and this i think was like one of the first songs written mm -hmm. and um you know, having worked like a somewhat cushy job for you yeah. know a decade and yeah. the same one for a decade just kind of thinking like ah uh, like um you know, there's pieces of yourself that you kind of like trade for comfort yeah. and security. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, no, you have to do it. You just have to. You compartmentalize. So I, I think I think one of the reasons I have a hard time really, I've, I've still tried to capture like briefly how mm -hmm. to like say what that song is about. But I think part of the problem is that like, it's it's not supposed to be very clean like because because yeah. the i it died it, it's definitely not supposed to be a like oh like you know that that trading is bad or or whatever right. it's just like a yo like what is this human state we're in well it sounds like it acknowledges because look i mean we are in the darkest fucking time yeah already. yeah and and people joking um especially people outside of dc are are like you know oh they're just trying to like literally grind us down yeah um, yeah. You you do little things, what you know, whether you are doing what you're doing in labor, uh, with like Daria's doing education. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't do anything. I just do this. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, but uh, you know, you you do little things to to fight. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody sees that it's wrong, and I think wrong situations. It doesn't yeah. have to be this, but this is what it, we're dealing with right now, and. I think you quickly learn if you're not, and maybe even if you're a kid, you just don't realize it. But I think you quickly learn that like it takes so much fucking energy. Yeah. And like, and if you don't like manage it, it'll just ruin everything. Yeah, and I think it, I think it was also like there had been like some mass shooting. Yeah. Um, which like at this point I don't even remember which one, right. which is like right. sad. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. So like, how much? I mean, how, basically, how do you spend your outrage? What do you yeah. do? Is it? Is it if you're in a band? If I'm if I'm like talking to you guys about these issues, is that enough? Mm -hmm. uh, if you guys are making songs about it, is that enough? Mm -hmm. and, and I think if you're doing anything like that, anything creative, your instinct is no. Mm -hmm. But 
I think the answer is actually, yeah, it actually is. Like, the instinct is to keep going and keep going yeah. and keep going. Yeah. Ben's will give me, like, yeah. Yeah, well, I think it... it <laughs> all sorts of opinions, but... um, You do a lot of shit, man. I mean, a lot of great shit. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, But, but to specifically... There's two thoughts I have about the statement, Peaceful Ground Me Down. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember we were... It was, yeah, it was one of the first songs we were working on. And... Not to... Okay, whatever. I mean, this is just how it was. Like yeah. we were, we, like I heard the line because it was originally just called strings. That's what the song yeah. was called, mm-hmm. and it was just like a very simple. Two-part. Well, because it was, the, it was like a it was the bass yeah. line, and then the it was, and then the rest of it was written on like a string setting on a keyboard. Yeah, and so. it was very simple. Um, but because when I heard the demo, I couldn't really hear the lyrics mm-hmm. very much, and then when we were in the room working on it. And I heard the line, Peaceful Grind You Down. I'm like, that's the album title. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's what that is. Because it was just like... It, yeah. it just hits you. And it, it has a visceral you. reaction. Like, it just... I don't know. It's definitely a thing that anytime anybody sees that title, they're like, oh, Pete... Like, Maddie's like, dad oh, was I like, don't know, oh, I don't about know about that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah my um, dad was not happy about it. <laughs> but but um, here's what it... I, I, I'll, I'll just say, yeah. this is what it means to me. I think that... The whole notion that we all have in our head is this idea that being like, we're all looking for peace. And in a lot of ways, I mean, I inner peace would be great. Yeah. But there's also an aspect that peace can, like, as human beings, I don't believe that we're evolved to be able to actually handle peace in the way that that it's basically sold to us. Yeah. And I think yeah. that I think peace, yeah, peace is sold as complacence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And as a result, I think that a lot of that, you know, I mean, for I'm not going to say there's been plenty of conflict that was occurring before Trump was sure, sure, sure. elected, but people generally see it in in a lot of ways as a fairly peaceful time. And it, it we were in this moment that I that we can't forget that before that there was an overwhelming amount of irony. Every it was a very yeah. flippant time. Yeah. It was a very sarcastic time. It was, nobody gave a shit. There was a sense of nihilism as a result of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was an idea that sort of complacency weakened people to the state where they could be manipulated in a way that we're currently fighting against. Yeah. I think, because we were... I think it's that and fear. I think because like you, yeah. uh, if you don't, if you don't think about these type of things and you don't, don't deal and you are complacent, you have your, I mean, I'm not, I grew up in the suburbs. So I'm not picking on anybody who lives in the suburbs, but it's just, you know, you, you make decisions as you get older, especially if you have a family to do these type of like life moves. And, um, but a lot of it is, I think, based in fear of like, if I, if I move this over here, everything will fall apart and Mm -hmm. I, and I'm not going to take the time to contemplate what that can mean. So the, the, what you jump to is the worst thing. Yeah. Which I I think is uh, and look I'm not an optimist but in this I am optimistic I think it's never the worst yeah I think the worst is when when like you know you die <laughs> yeah right like and that's gonna suck it's not yeah. gonna be put, or maybe it won't be you won't know you, you won't, know. You, right. you won't um, know yeah and if you if you die without taking any chances right. then you're right it becomes yeah and that's what it becomes about right? yeah yeah so yeah that was just my interpretation so you guys like embodied your whole band in like one song (laughs) (laughs) well and i do think i did want to you know just mention that to me the 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 album even though it's really dark Mm -hmm. is not like necessarily pessimistic like i think it's actually like somewhat optimistic and um and um it's been kind of funny listening to everybody talk about how dark it is because uh I was just like, oh, no, this is just what I'm feeling. No, I mean, <laughs> like, but, 
it's not it's not a pejorative no, I know what you mean. Like, it's not bad people, it's just people, it's just funny uh, <laughs> often, like uh like casual music fans even like active critics whatever have have this lexicon that they pull from and so mm-hmm. the immediate thing yeah. you go to is dark um, but you can say it's dark and be like, I need to spend time there. Oh, yeah, but it's not even like yeah. that, you know? It's like, it's when, like, you know, your mom and dad want to listen to it and you're like, oh, I don't want you to worry about me after you listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but you're not being physically abused every day of oh your my life. Oh, right? yeah, 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 That was, that was, that was one of the reviews. To that, to that, that point, to that point, though, they know to, you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? So yeah. so it's not more than like a one question discussion. It's like, are yeah. you okay? Yeah, this is just how I feel inside. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. Like, we were, uh, to be fair, when we were making it, it was really fun. It yeah, we were just having really a really blast. Yeah, I'm sure. Labs right. everywhere. The just practice is pretty goofy. Yeah. We have a good when, time. Was there anything in making it that you guys were just like, holy fuck, I can't believe we pulled that off? I think the whole the whole thing, thing. I, all of it, yeah, <laughs> just all of it, and still continuously like so. We're in the process right now of basically writing our next record. Nice. Afterwards, we're going to record a new single. Yeah, um, that's our goal tonight is to yeah, record a whole new tonight. single that's going to be released in September. Um, because and we're also so what we're also doing for this tour is we're putting out a live version essentially of yeah. of it because it's so much different. Yeah, like now the album that, doesn't have the sax. Yeah, there's no sax on the album, which is a, a tragedy. Because we were, it's funny. Okay, so we actually kind of jumped around on this. So when we were we were making the record, we all kept talking about how much we could we'd be great if we had a baritone sax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't know anybody at the time. So from October 13th mm-hmm. of 2017 until February. January? I think it was January. February. Till January, February. Till January. That that we did not know. Oh, yeah, February. We yeah. well, I, I, me and Maddie yeah. sort of knew each other, but it wasn't within the realm <laughs> of possibilities that we were going to actually have somebody play baritone sax. Right, right. And so it all happened because I was working on the Loyola record, and there was a song that was kind of like it, which hasn't even come out yet. That's how recent this is. Yeah, yeah. So we're working on the record, and there's this one song that um, I think it's the only girl that's what it's called yeah and it's like kind of like i was like like oh this kind of has like an ab winehouse like doo-woppy kind of mm-hmm. i don't know like well more like motown kind of baritone sax and then christy was like i think maddie play like plays baritone sax i'm like oh yeah i think she does <laughs> oh well that's that's cool whatever you know and then Christy like ran into you at a party. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. And she then, ran into me at a party. And of course, because Christy then... it will make things happen. She yeah. was like, "Hey, yeah, yeah." So I guess yeah. you can kind of jump. She in locked me in with her eyes and said, <laughs> "Are you going to do this or not?" <laughs> no, it's but... a real rock and roll fantasy. I'm right yeah, now. she's punk as fuck. Yeah, yeah. No, but she asked me, and I said yes. Um, ben, I feel like you're forgetting that Ben actually. Oh, yeah. Ben and I met like five years ago mm-hmm. when he crash landed in DC, um, and we were got to talking about music and how we're both involved. And he learned that I played baritone sax and freaked out. Freaked out. <laughs> I mean, that's the best instrument. I know. It is. You can imagine. I, I will ben say, gets enthusiastic. I will say when when he, he mentioned this band, the first thing he said was baritone sax. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then now, the, I mean, it's definitely like, the focal it's like point. Metal, but morphine and all this stuff. I was yeah. just like, oh yeah. 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 But this is after I think we taped, and then we talked for like two hours after. Yeah, we were saying like, like, But uh, but. Yeah, so 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 you guys, you're like, fuck yeah! I guess I'm gonna guard the gates of hell on this. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and like, so we had this like, 
this this sort of like bat we'd run into each other like what like once every two years something like that yeah, yeah. because ben had asked me to to yeah. record some stuff for him with brer um and my reaction was kind of like yeah that sounds good i could do that i think because i wasn't really playing at the time right. and i was just like terrified of being artistic for many reasons mm -hmm. um, when, when did you were you always playing sax just like picking it up once in a while or or did you like just put it away like so that violin over there mm. has been that way for two years okay <laughs> yeah oh. um yeah I, so basically i just played yeah. like all through school and then when i graduated i was like i don't know what to do outside yep. of class with like sheet music and a conductor yeah um so i guess that's it <laughs> well <laughs> and i left it alone but i i kept all my instruments yeah. and everything but anyway um yeah so so I successfully avoided Ben for like five years <laughs> in the city because uh, I told him I would record with him and then I did not. Um, so when I never actually held it against you. I know, I, I know. Like, you did. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. Whatever. I don't think he even you, you go back cared. and insert her into all the recordings. That sure, she yeah, we can do it now. now. Yeah. <laughs> Retroactive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just too afraid. Mm -hmm. um, so, but when Christy asked me, there there were lots of things changing in my life, um, and I just decided to say fuck it and fuck fear. Yeah, and go mm -hmm. for it. Wasn't um, that first session on your birthday? The first session was yeah. on my oh, birthday. That's so awesome. I forgot that. Um, yeah. And when Christy asked me, I actually had no idea that you would be the person behind. <laughs> the, that's uh, hilarious. That I <laughs> no, I didn't know until. <laughs> The day before my birthday, uh -huh. I went Vicious. to the uh, a show at the Beehive to see Leia Gage perform yeah. Crab Lakes. Yep. Oh, that was such um, a good show. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was the packed one that with Aquatic Gardener. There were Aquatic Gardener performed. Um, mm -hmm. Hallowed Bells. Hallowed yeah. Bells from Philly. I think there was another on... Um, yeah, Katie Mackishan yeah. did a... Another, another oh, show yeah, I was going to be at, but, you know. It was know. insane. That whole party was really, really crazy. And I remember I like opened the door and it was just like people everywhere. And I slammed it behind me and everyone like, it like looked John at me. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, like the song cameras. ended and I just couldn't move. Right. And then like Ben comes by with the hat and he's like, hey, yo, give me your money for the bands. <laughs> and then he looks at me and I'm like, hey, I know you. And he's like, I heard I'm going to be recording you tomorrow. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> Karma. That's hilarious. So, <laughs> it all came back. So when you got in front of a mic, how'd it feel? After not having, like, because, uh, like, I, I have a very similar experience. Like, it, so I played in the symphony. Uh, and I oh, played, nice. Yeah, wow. I've, I've played in, like, shitty bands, but, like, nothing that did anything. Uh, claim to fame, probably, like, we did a cover of Wonderwall, and the, the guy passed out on the drums because he did too much <laughs> blow, if you can imagine that. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, what you play? Run up Virginia's violin? wild. Huh? Whoa. You played violin? No, I played guitar at that point. But uh, but I did play, yeah, in the symphony I played violin. Oh, wow. I never knew that about you. Yeah, That's really cool. I was like six years old. Um, but, uh, yeah, once it got past, like, I actually quit in college. Oh. And then I was like, well, I don't got anybody to tell me what to do. What the fuck do I do with this? So same thing, yeah. And just, like, after about six months, it sort of drains off and stuff. But then 
I started picking it back up maybe 10 years ago and was just like, hey, you know, I can do this, I can do this. You know, we actually just wrote the theme music for the podcast because we're changing a bunch of shit up. Oh, cool. Um, which That's I might great. need you to record some sax. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared but, anymore. But, but, but yeah, so, so how did it feel, though, like stepping into that, like, hey, I, I'm not necessarily following this thing and I get to actually just do it? Uh, it was incredibly cathartic, actually. Yeah. It was... No, not nearly as scary as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say I wasn't nervous. I, I'd seen Christy perform sure. a bunch in the city, um, and she has this intense stage presence. She, you know, she really, like, she knows what she's doing. And I was like, oh, I don't want to, like, right, right. mess this up, make her look bad. Um, but I was just honest. I was like, okay, so I just went to my dad's, and I picked this up. I haven't practiced in like 10 years. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. And nice. it was fine. It was totally fine. Yeah. It always it is. sounded it, like amazing. Like, I was just like, like, you're so quick at this. This is like, That's why it's always fucking fine because you're just crazy. like, in your head, all you want is baritone. Yeah. That's all you want is drill. That's all we all want. You come to the baritone and you're like, fuck yes. It doesn't matter if it was good, if it was bad, or what it was. It was just like, yeah, okay. But also, to be fair, I've also been like, hey, it'd be great to have this instrument and somebody plays it. And I'm like, man, this person's not very good at this. <laughs> so that I, has I, I, happened. I have, before. I do, like, yeah. there is, there's a, a level of, like, reality which I can still inhabit, even though I'm, like, the most excited about this instrument. Right, right. <laughs> but it wasn't like that. I mean, it was just like, it was, as you said, it was like, you know, it was just cathartic and like, you know, there was no part of it that just, it just felt very natural and organic. And, yeah. And then we just, I, we, I think we recorded again, not too long after that. Mm -hmm. And well, then we had talked about, I'm just being like, I think I found somebody. Well, I actually found yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we, we had all met. We, well, oh, okay. we met, you because you introduced us. Yeah. Because we, you were going to play on our Ye stuff. Yeah. Because, and the reason why was because Mara had written two demos and oh, there were sax there were sax parts in the demos like the sax parts were like done on that same on keyboard like, really yeah. crappy piano um, on the keyboard so like you had envisioned sax in these in these songs in the in these demos that you had and then i think we showed them to ben and ben was like all right i got somebody yeah i think we were still in the process of like trying to figure out what the live band was then yeah. too which is which is yeah. worth yeah. Mentioning that, like, that, yeah, because um, that was before and, we had and, but figured out. But you weren't on the record, right, Madeline? No, you, you were not on the record. So, no. was there any type? Like, I feel like there's, or maybe I'm just making. It's like, a suggest. It's a suggest. It's a phantom sax. Yeah, okay. there's yeah. no sax on the record at all, actually. Okay. But I think we were like, there's a lot of sounds. It's like it should like. I remember on Exorcism, we were like, oh, this would be really cool if there was sax on the record. Right. Like, yeah. While we were Because it just sounds like it process. should be sleazier, just like yeah. it has that. <laughs> it came up a lot. And I think these down, there's a really low harmonium thing yeah. that kind of sounds like yeah. the sax. That yeah. Might, that, yeah, that might be um, what I was thinking of. It's, it's just like, I mean, I, I, do, I do think that, like, even though the timeline in my brain is a little crazy, like, I do remember, like, the second or third day we were recording. Because you had a friend who played sax. Yeah. And you were like, we were talking about yeah, Andrew. Just, like, like before the Loyola thing, we were being like baritone sax would be really cool yeah. in this band, and we were just like, well, I guess pipe dreams. Yeah, he basically yeah. Couldn't, make, he couldn't make it out to to record, which I mean is fair because we were like, hey, we we just had an idea. Can you drive like two hours to come right, and record? Right, right, right. So, but everything worked out. Yeah, it just I don't know. It's a very like in my experience in the band, it's just like being like 
I've rarely, if if ever, have been in a band that things just organically <laughs> seem to work as nicely as they have. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. Well, and like writing together now, like the new stuff is just so fucking amazing. And it's and like been really all, easy. Yeah, and like just the four of us work really well together. I, and I can't even. I, I I don't know what it would be like because you bring so many amazing like melodies to the table with that sax and it's just like <laughs> i mean you just like do like the thing i don't know you just Madeline it's amazing yeah. yeah well i mean it's funny to see like in a live setting because the sax is about you sized it's a, it's a big it's a big sax and 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 um like actually, I'm surprised you you are like super nice, and I was oh. like, oh, she's gonna be like edgy, like all the edgy, smashing people with their Yeah, it's like it's just like no, no, man, I'm just doing that thing. <laughs> um, when uh, you guys first heard it in a live setting, though, was it just instant yes? Yeah, absolutely, oh, yeah. resounding yes. It blew us away because we what we did was we well, we started recording those demos and like. We knew immediately, like, we have this song called Going Faster, mm -hmm. which is on the Blight Makes Right comp is it the two? volume two. Yep. Yeah, it'll be out the, on the 20th. No, I've heard, it, I've heard it, yeah. Cool. But that, like, that song was, like, the first, I think that was the first time we heard your sax, like, in, mm. and, like, what you, like, what you were coming up with and like the just like the yeah. power behind it was crazy. I remember it vividly. Uh, it just like fit really well. It, fit, it just that, like, felt really natural yeah, together. So. That fit really well. And then when we actually started practicing and when you started processing the sax through the pedals and you started using the pitch shifter yeah. and the the organ emulator yeah. and like the, the fucking chorus and it, everything was it just like brought something completely new to the to the to the table with the live sounds because we had had like mm -hmm. three practices before, before yeah just so, like, we wanted along. to make sure that before you got there because i think when, once we started practicing we already knew you're gonna play with us but we were just being like especially since the two of you had never really played in a live band i'm just being <laughs> right. like and like how do we do this and i'm like right. okay so we we use an electribe uh drum machine to basically handle yeah. all the rhythms nothing really else it's just the beats and that's i feel like a lot of Especially if you've never played in a band before and you're like, wait, with a drum machine, it's just like a normal mm -hmm. uh, sort of like uh, there's like a cognitive dissonance with it. So I just want to be like, OK, this will work. Let's just yeah. do that. So we wanted to make sure that we had a foundation. So when Maddie came, it wasn't just like me being like, yo, everything's going to be fine. I know none of y'all <laughs> have done this before. Right, 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 right. So we we yeah, we basically programmed everything into the drum machine. And, and a lot of the thing about it is we try to make sure our live show it's fairly simple, and we mm -hmm. do a lot with very little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so we had, yeah, you were three practices? Yeah, three practices before Maddie okay. came in. So, so to that point, Ben, like, you playing in all the bands. <laughs> yeah. Like, inside, what were you like? Holy fuck, these three, I gotta play with these three people who aren't. <laughs> Never been in band. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because you're not look look. What I wouldn't have been look, the first time. You, you're a laid back guy, but you're also like very. Uh, you know what you want. You were the first person to ever call me laid back. <laughs> you're, you're laid back. Um, no, well, it's it, it. Well, the thing is, I, I'm I'm actually a f fairly optimistic person. Like, yeah. here's the thing. I think things will work if you believe in them. Um, which sounds really woo woo and like kind of no, like awesome. scholastic. 
uh, you know, book it for children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I, 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 I really, the, the whole thing about Blight and everything that we do, like, if you put it on paper, none of the projects should work. Sure. They're all yeah. ridiculous. They're all just, like, putting a bunch of things that don't belong together. And yeah. I love that. I'm just being like, oh, yeah. yeah, you can totally put, like, and when, when we started doing Luna Honey, I'm like, this is a sensible band. This is like one of the more <laughs> yeah. reasonable bands yeah. This is great. Like, this is like reasonable music. There's you an pull up your monocle and be like, this is very nice. This is very <laughs> sexy. There's an electric bass. There's a guitar. It's oh, yeah. Be every, everything checks out perfectly. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not super crazy. It's not like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's certainly not like Stronger Sex or Brer, right. which is just like a bunch of crazy nonsense that somehow works. Yeah. Uh, and it, which is great in its own right, but like, um, but so, no, I mean, like, I could. I, it's all based around the way it feels more. Mm. Like, and like, I as a as a musician, I would rather work with people that I really like than somebody who's like a seasoned amazing music. You know, be like, oh, they can yeah. play everything. I'm just being like, but if you don't like them, you have to be. You have to go on tour with them. You have to deal with them all the time. I think it'll if there's a bunch of people who believe it's going to work and aren't going to sit around complaining and looking at their shoes and feeling sorry for themselves and being like, Oh, I don't know about this. Like that's like, I've met so many amazing musicians, but they're so filled with doubt and self-hatred and like all that stuff. And then they well, don't well, do anything. Well, kind of back to what we were talking about, like that, you got to believe in the art you're making. You got to believe, you, you got to believe in the choice you make. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay also to just say like, I don't believe in that. But at that point you got to back out. Well, right. You, you, that point, it's you, okay you to walk like, away. and and that's fucking okay. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Like, just fucking like, uh, all right, I'm done. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. And, and don't can... waste. Yeah, like don't wait. You know, Kim Gordon um, said, "People come to see other people believe in each other." I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but like, yeah. that's what people want to see. They want to see somebody believe know. in themselves. And my biggest issue, I think, at this point, like bands that I really don't like and don't respect, is when you see people up there who don't fucking believe in themselves. Like, don't waste everyone's time. Yep. Don't waste your time. And if you're gonna do that. Like, this is, like, your moment. Like, when you're on stage, whatever crazy, awful shit might be going on in your life, and I'm sure there's something, because if you're a musician, something terrible is happening, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're free on stage. This is yeah. your time to, like, be your true self. And I can say, everybody in this band, and what I always, if there's one thing that I, I commit to when I go on stage is to be, like, I'm 100% there, and I'm going to bring every part, like, for however yeah. long I'm on stage, it's there. And that's what everybody in this band does. And I think that's the reason that... I mean, there's just, like, a lot of reasons that, like, after I was corralled into playing <laughs> in the band, which also goes... Oh, yeah. have to bear in mind, there was a whole lot of, like, hey, oh, yeah. do this. It's true. I remember it. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. We were like, hey, this. come on, you doing this? Hey, come Ben, on, you got you to gotta play with us, right? Who else is going to do it? Well, then it was like, okay, Ben's agreed to be in the band. Like, we <laughs> well, got to be serious well, about ben this Well, Ben agreed now. to be... Ben, you were like... If Maddie joins the band, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm always in the band with baritone sax. Truth comes out. Yeah. Um, but it was like it was like a thing that was like I think ultimately at the end of the day is we all kind of knew this was going to happen. Mm. Like yeah, you know, in so many ways, like there was just like like you kind of got to you kind of got to ride the wave. If things are yep. working and they're going in a good direction, you got to go with it. And this band, and and even like. Before our first show, because then everybody else started getting nervous. I was like, like, like oh, uh, I don't know. You think people are going to like this and all this? And like, mm -hmm. then I was like being like, don't worry about it. This is this. I just call it a hunch. This is going to work. And it's been like, we've 
Are you Ridiculous. launching a new career as a life coach? I think we found this. I think no, Benjamin Sher. Like, you catch the fact that I've been pulling my hair out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you, you have been. No, it's like what I've been telling Sean all the time. He's like, ah, I'm fucking working at a bar. I'm like, I'm fucking working a job that pays your ass. Oh, and Sean Barna is yes. going to be the biggest star out of anybody. He maybe. We'll see. I believe we'll see. it. He might get in his own way. Um. Oh, no way. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. To, as, as we kind of like wrap this down, like okay. what really got me intrigued? Uh, two things: was talking to you and your enthusiasm about art. Oh shucks! And because <laughs> what you were on, a, we were doing, we were just playing music from DC, right? I yeah, it was, was a, a, uh, the it was like a panel of friends. different people. Yeah, and I forget who the uh, what what uh, I think it was like Vivian and yeah, some, yeah, and there's a couple other people there. But um, anytime somebody says morphine. Um, <laughs> There's, yeah. You see, you guys all giggle. It's a special, but, that, but it's there, a special it, word. It's, it's a special word, yeah. and people are. Uh, I feel like we're far enough past it that people are starting to forget um, mm. about what that band, except for some people, and and like what, like what I get out of it is what you're saying. How like that baritone just like brings it together. Like when you put instruments together that work, that are meant to be together, that are meant because the real reason that works is because Mark Sandman. Has something to say. Yeah. Great lyricist. And I think I yeah. think that actually is what your band is. You guys have something to say. And from there, it all just sort of expands out to like, okay, how do we do this? And he just serendipitously was just like, you know, come here, come here. And, and they do this thing. And, and it made the sound, made the vibration that they felt from those mm-hmm. stories that they were trying to do. And you can go through the later albums, especially like the DreamWorks albums. So, you know, it gets a little... Uh, bringing a lot more synths, but like the, the raw stuff is just like some of the best like modern music that's I think ever been made. Yeah, and I wonder why more people don't try and do that. It's not pop, you know, and it is analogous to what you guys are doing. It just it it was a moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It was a thing. You didn't go to hear like, I mean, maybe there's stuff off Cure for Pain that is uh, a little more palatable, but anything off Good or Yes. Yeah, like fuck. You're not like you're not going out for a good night on the town. But like, yeah, hey, I'm really chipper. I'm yeah. going out to getting sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. an opportunity to cry. An opportunity to cry. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I, and I think that um, you know, as people forget about morphine, I think that is uh, in danger of getting lost in the world, maybe a little bit. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I feel like we should all kind of say our piece on, on this sort of idea, but like my, my general thought about music and art and I guess at this point in life, like you got to work with what you got. You got to work with what's here as opposed to what yeah. you got to, you know, you can be using what's there to reach for the next thing. But I think the more, you know, you just like, look, I don't live in LA. I'm not part of the music industry. I'm not part of the pop world. I have no real interest. I don't listen to it. So if mm-hmm. I was to start talking about that, it would just be a waste of time. And that's not what I have any interest in doing. Right. I want to say something because we live in a world where people need to actually speak up. I mean, you can talk about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to curb my internet thing because I have a thing going on. Right, 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 right. I don't believe. I don't believe you say anything when you say when if you're just going to type shit online, that's yeah. not saying something. Make it in, if you're an artist, put it in your art. I don't want to hear what the fuck you have to say in a tweet or a fucking yeah. any of that. That's all bullshit. Yeah. If you really are impassioned about something, make it into something that people can feel 
and channel it into that because that's actually useful as opposed to being in a world of this two-dimensional like code-oriented bullshit world right. that has no value and never will. So I feel like there if if the world you're living in now, you're not happy with it, make a change through your change art. It, yeah. And that yeah. that works because I'm who I am because people made that sacrifice and commitment and they put it out there and somehow I accessed it and I'm the amalgamation of everything that has touched me. So I feel like I give back that and, way. And let me see if you guys agree with this. Um, your art, uh, not you, but just your, the, the yeah. brand you, like, can be enjoying other people's art. Mm. Yeah. Like, if you're active in that, like, like I don't want to play. I've never played it. I, I mean, I don't believe that when somebody tells me, like, I can't play a guitar. Fuck you. Like, my cat can play a guitar. <laughs> like, but you... you Everybody has it within them to do something musical, artistic, something like yeah. that's that's the fucking point. But like, you're just not there yet, and that that's cool. But if if it is like going out, seeing you guys, seeing bigger, what whatever, like, engage with it. Be able yeah. to talk about it. Be able to like explain it to your friends. Share it with your friends. Tell it. Tell people. Yeah. Like just be like, yeah. hey, I saw this fucking like sweet ass thing, and like, yeah. and then somebody like maybe drag somebody to it one time. And I think that like it's just about just figuring out how to engage better. Yeah. Yeah. Connection and like, you know, the, the garden's not worth anything without the earth for this stuff to right. exist in. Like, right. So you know, you gotta, and you got to cultivate that. Got to cultivate that earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and on, and like I said, on the pop sphere, yeah, we are in danger of like a lot of things going away. I don't think people really realize that. Mm -hmm. That like, but that's us. Like, and I don't think, even though you guys are doing an awesome thing and I'm doing this or whatever, I don't think we can escape that. That's human nature. Individually, we don't. But there, it's it's too hard to get like a band like you in a stadium of like sixty thousand people. Right, and the more that slips, the more people reveal their basic tastes, and those can be in music, those can be in television, those can be in their fucking president. But I think you know, it's like a lot of things. You got to start local. Like, you know, yeah, if, yeah. No. if your local community is kind of broken and isolated, then that's gonna it doesn't have any good stuff to grow. How into. do you, how do you feel about the idea of starting and stopping local? I was thinking about this the other day. So, so yeah, it, it is about local. It is about doing that. I was talking mm -hmm. with uh, my friend PJ in, in Richmond, Virginia, and doing local. But then, like, because of the internet, you can have this ambition that I could be on this or doing this, when, in fact, you could just serve a certain community and mm -hmm. just say, so, like, say you guys never tour. Say you guys are just like, mm -hmm. I want to be in Ben Washington, D.C. Would you be comfortable with that? Um. Well, I think... <laughs> Madeline I think we got, we got, we, <laughs> you know, it's fun to travel around. Well, yeah, sure, sure, and sure, we got to, sure. we got to sell some records somehow. So I, I, I'm sure, I, I will say I would not be okay with that yeah. because too much of the music that has affected me has come from all over the world. From all over the world. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Music that came from Japan and Indonesia and Iran and West Africa and Germany. And, yeah, Germany. Yeah. And Germany and like, and California and, like Canada, like and Mexico City, which we're, mm -hmm. we're actually plug. We're gonna be playing with a band called Exploded View, who are actually from Mexico City. <laughs> nice. Um, Where at? Uh, November, sometime in November. It's November eleventh. November eleventh at DC. 9. We just this just got confirmed right oh, before. Hell yes. Um, and they're on Sacred Bones, which is a great label. Yeah, you're listening. <laughs> uh, I love you. <laughs> 
guesses. But you get um, an email like, bro, you're on a label. What do you? Yeah. Do? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We're on. We're on a label. Right. Air quotes. Label. Yeah. Um. But. But no. The reason. Okay. So. That isn't to say, like, the thing is, we do cultivate everything, and, like, most of the things on Blight are mm. from D.C. because that's where we're at. Right. And I want to, we want to make D.C., we want to give the artists who are interested in creating, you know, existing in this world, a place to be. But I don't, the thing is, I don't want to, I, I think it's about being, like, we don't see it as being, like, now, first D.C., now the world. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. more like, yeah. it's not like a world domination sort of thing. It's just, like, being, like, look, this music, if it, if it, if it affects you, yeah, yeah. it can affect you in milwaukee it can affect right people everywhere and that's no i think but we don't want to get greedy we don't want to get too big for our britches but we do want to expand it in a reasonable way right and i think that's right and i think i think more like what i've been thinking this is not a fully Mm -hmm. formulated theory at all but like more what i've been thinking a lot of it depends on the venues a -hmm. lot of it, it it depends on like everybody realizing uh, because I have said this many times before, like house shows are great. You're not going to get somebody who's going to buy your music up to a house show, except your friends, and they yeah. they can only buy your music once. Um, and uh, and so basically, getting it into a local culture mm-hmm. more that's great mm-hmm. that you guys are playing DCI. First of all, because I can send Mauricio out to shoot you because the lights are fucking <laughs> good. Yeah, I, had shot, I hadn't shot a show for three years. Uh, when I shot you guys at Holden's Sky, and I got like one good photo out of it, <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay, well, this is fine." But, but, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, getting and venues being responsible to the people in our community, and just saying, "Yeah, you gotta." We've talked about this, Ben. Like, you, yeah, you gotta, you gotta book fucking Luna Honey at the nine thirty club, and if they only sell it a quarter. Quarter through, so fucking what? You make millions of dollars a night. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, and it's got to be that type of thinking, and that can lift stuff up. And then, um, somebody might see you guys and be like, "Oh shit, maybe I'll start a band." Right. That's all we care about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all it's all the inspiration to like do for. for I feel like it's just all all moving on to like greater things. Like it's yeah. all it's all in inspiring people to do to do greater things and it's kind of interesting because i have a big fondness for the dc music scene yeah because i met mara at a diy show it was like at the closing show for the dunes oh yeah yeah Yeah. uh Mm. their final show that's where we met (laughs) so um if i feel like if we can we can play music and bring people together in that sort of way or inspire people like just to just to in some way change their lives for the better, then I that's that's all I can hope for. Yeah. Yeah. Like Oh, you should do the things you're scared of. Unless the things you're scared of are actively dangerous and terrible. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not gonna wrestle a shark. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a bad idea. Sharks, man. Oh man. Can we establish uh, uh, the whole there? the whole show I was just hoping I was gonna get you to wrestle a shark If you wanna make a video, if you can CGI me into wrestling a shark. CGI? What's a computer? I don't care. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I got a flip phone. Leave me alone. Um Well thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, thank you. the album is is fucking amazing. Everybody should go out and listen you. to it. And um uh Hopefully we'll get you guys back down. It's going to be a, a minute before we leave. And then mm-hmm. like Ben has been down here for stuff where we're just hanging out. I guarantee you the last time we do this is going to be, it's going to be wild here. So well, maybe, we're in. maybe we'll get you to play. In the as long as we're not on tour. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, hey. uh, all right. Thank you, you so later. much. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you.
Luna Honey right there for you. Thanks to Ben, Madeline, Mora, and Levi. I um I'm actually going to see a show of theirs right now. As soon as I finish editing this fucking thing together, uh they're playing near my house at a place called Two Drop In. Blight is is releasing a uh their second mixtape. It's a label that Ben runs. Luna Honey is on. And um kind of excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun little show. But that that was I, I uh, that was a great conversation. I I loved it. I hope you guys loved it. Um, I predict big things for these guys. I think a lot of what makes uh, musicians successful or what resonates with you, the listener, is uh, is heart, and they have it in spades. And uh, yeah, so uh, go out and get peace will grind you down, and uh, and then see them on tour when they go. They're coming to your town. We'll put up show notes or we'll put up links in the show notes to tour dates. And all that. That is it for this week. We are out of here. Uh, coming up next week, I'm not sure what we're doing. It's either going to be PJ Sykes or it's going to be something else. But I do know we have a bunch of sweet ass interviews coming up. Uh, you might have, we reviewed an album or talked about an album by a band called Motorcade at the beginning of the year. Uh, we're going to get them on the show here. That's going to be all the way from uh, from Texas. By God, Texas. We're going to get them on, them on here. And then got a couple other uh, sweet ass things coming up. And um, yeah, man. It's gonna be great. We're gonna we're gonna ride the wave out of the nation's capital, um, and then uh, and then we'll just sort of ride the wave into wherever we land, and that's what we'll be doing. It's not gonna go away. Couldn't stop this. Uh, but that's it. We're out of here. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, until then, get out and see some live music. But more importantly, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon.